Welcome to Imagine This Podcast. A conversation show from Imagine MKE, where we talk to creative leaders in Milwaukee and beyond to highlight all the incredible transformative power of their work in our region. We hope that after listening to the pod, you'll be able to imagine our city's arts and culture ecosystem and all the awesome artists, organizations, and creative assets within it in a new way. I'm David Lee. I'm Lindsay Sheridan. And I'm Elizabeth Gasparka. Welcome to Imagine This Podcast. Welcome, everyone. Hey, Lindsay. How's it going? Good. How are you, Elizabeth? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Do you know what happened to David? Why isn't he in this Zoom room with us? You know, I think he may have disappeared. <gasps> Luca. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> we had a magician on the podcast last week and, you know, maybe Luca made him disappear. <laughs> well, as we know, Luca's not actually performing tricks. He's performing deceptions. So mm-hmm. the the ringer here is that David is actually on vacation and that is why he's not joining us today, Mm -hmm. but we will do our best to fill in with uh, quippy, ridiculous Mm -hmm. comments. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's Mm -hmm. right. So this is a bit of an unusual week in that we get to have one of our very own on uh, the podcast as a guest, our public ally, Cindy. Yay, Cindy. Yay. So Cindy has been with Imagine since September of 2021. Yes, I did just have to look at the calendar to remind myself what year it is. September of 2021 (laughs) as our public ally. And Cindy, you'll learn all about Cindy's background a little bit later in the show. But public ally, if you're not familiar with uh, public allies is a program where folks get to engage in a placement with a nonprofit. And it's a nationwide program, but Milwaukee has a very robust location for it. And we were first introduced to the Public Allies program through our former colleague, Mac, um, who had worked at the office. And when he came to Imagine said, hey, I know we would be made even better by having a public ally in our midst. So Cindy will wrap up his time in just a couple weeks here uh, with us. And so we wanted to take an opportunity to be able to celebrate him and hear about his experience here at Imagine. I'm going to miss Cindy. Mm, I know. In that spirit, before we get into talking to Cindy himself, thought it'd be fun if we could share a little bit of our favorite memories of Cindy, of working with him. And you've been here for more than a few months now, um, so you've had some good time with Cindy. Uh, What's been a favorite memory or moment of yours? Oh my gosh. Wow. I think the first time that I really got a sense of how hilarious and dynamic Cindy is as a person was when we had the gathering at the public market. Mm-hmm. We were eating some Middle Eastern food and sneakily signing a birthday card for you. <laughs> <laughs> and Cindy just came out with the most hilarious, ridiculous story of uh, an old man that oh, he yeah. is friends with. And there was time travel as part of the conversation. And Cindy's way of of relaying stories is just so deadpan, but also (laughs) full of so much delight and joy. That's very contagious. So that was the first time I really got a glimpse into Cindy as a person. (laughs) I agree with that. Cindy tells a great story and I feel like there's always these really unexpected, but consistently on brand (laughs) stories that come out of nowhere. Um, Often about 
Cindy's great love of a good buffet and yes. getting kicked out for consuming <laughs> too much of one thing at said buffet. He does and have I, a passion and, for seafood. Right. And it may be something that you think is a joke at first. You're like, oh, he's just making a joke. No, completely serious. Is not allowed back in, you know, insert name of buffet here. <laughs> I don't know if, you know, I don't know that they really have a picture on the wall of him in the break room or something like come mm. out if you see him, but that is how, <laughs> that is how the stories go. And kind of in a similar vibe, we, I feel like we often hear stories of Cindy in the more comical sense, like beating someone up quote, uh, <laughs> like just be, you know, as a kid, like getting into some sort of like sword fight or something, mm -hmm. but I really think it speaks to maybe more so Cindy's aptitude for standing up for yeah. himself or standing up for people that he cares about. I think he's just kind of fierce like that feisty human. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, yeah, we could, we could talk about Cindy's many, many talents in the realm of art, but you just reminded me, uh, one of our <laughs> thoughts for sparking this conversation today was to take a moment to imagine Cindy's future career prospects. And I'm going to say, I feel like Cindy would make an incredible, like next wave Anthony Bourdain character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I could see him just kind of rolling with any situation and having a really sensitive way of regarding people, no matter what culture they're representing. Yeah. Just bringing that sense of delight and excitement and feistiness and love of spice and crustaceans to everything. And uh, I think I would watch that show personally and buy that cookbook. So, mm hmm. Mm hmm. I could see kind of a, to the point of you sharing about Cindy just striking up really like strangely deep conversations with strangers. If there could be a role for Cindy that would involve like being a being present uh, at a space that's accessible for someone who just needs like someone to talk to that will mm. provide feedback and care and ask a lot of really amazing follow-up questions mm -hmm. <laughs> that would be Cindy right I don't know if it's that's not saying it's full therapist but something mm -hmm. about like being like a observer and hearer of human stories and mm -hmm. then reflecting that back to them I mean that's that's an artist too right but right. but I'd love to see Cindy planted at a coffee shop or something in a way that's accessible for folks to come and have a trusted uh friend or a new friend to connect with that is one of the most striking things about Cindy. And I think he shared that actually when I first came on board at Imagine when we shared about ourselves in a uh, person, role, and system. He shared with me that people tend to disclose things to him. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's, it is striking and it's easy to imagine him holding court in some more formal yet creative artistic space and doing mm -hmm. just that. So Lindsay, here's another question for you about Cindy. If you were to design a Milwaukee tour around all things Cindy, where would you go? Where would you take your, your tour group? Mm -hmm. That's a really cool question. I think it would probably start at Cactus Club, which is somewhere where you run into Cindy a lot, right? <laughs> True that. <laughs> That's your neighborhood and uh, Cindy works there. And so you often run into him in all States, like uh, <laughs> post post soccer last night. <laughs> um, I think maybe one of the next stops would be Zankia. 
I think mm. that Cindy, Cindy worked there uh, in the kitchen and has worked in other kitchens as well. And I think that really informs who he is and his perspective in the world. Um, and he speaks about it a lot. So that's just one of them, but that would be a good stop. And of course, on this hypothetical tour, we could all pick up some good banh mis. <laughs> and boba tea. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Actually, uh, we had a good chuckle when I first started to imagine about all of the places where Cindy and I may have crossed paths before <laughs> we actually knew each other. And I vaguely recognized him when I started or when I had my interview with y'all. But yeah, something something happened. And when I started to imagine, I just kept running into Cindy everywhere. <laughs> uh, I think in one week we ran into each other maybe three times in a row. So <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty cool. So I think I would add to the tour Whole Foods because that's one of the random places <laughs> where Cindy and I ran into each other. Yeah. And while you're on that side of town, uh, the Colectivo mm-hmm. in uh, River West, which I feel like is a site of many, mm-hmm. a, many a Cindy running into a friend story. No doubt. <laughs> and of course, my ad, I think we have to yeah. stop by the river and pay homage to Cindy's roots, Milwaukee mm-hmm. roots. Mm hmm. Well, we're going to get to hear a whole lot more about Cindy's Milwaukee roots and work he's done here with us at Imagine soon. Elizabeth, will you tell us a bit more? Cindy Ho is a multidisciplinary artist, public ally, amateur potter, and food enthusiast in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He graduated from the Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design in 2020 and has been active with ceramics, crochet, and vendor fairs. After the break... Cindy Ho. Welcome, Cindy. Feels weird to be saying welcome because we see a lot of you in a virtual teams or zoom meeting space but today we have the uh fun honor of having you on as a guest on the podcast thanks for being here thank you for having me (laughs) so you are coming towards the end of your 10 months right of public ally service with us here at imagine so we wanted to take this opportunity to chat with you today to learn about what you've learned from being at imagine and and um being an artist in milwaukee uh, and get to deep dive in a way that uh, that Imagine Universe and Imagine Friends haven't haven't yet um, had a chance to um, to learn about you. So here you are today. And Elizabeth, do you want to get us started with our the question we ask all of our sure. guests that we get to turn around to Cindy now? Yeah, of course. I'm looking forward to Cindy's response because knowing Cindy in the few months that we've overlapped here at Imagine he always has amazing stories. So as you know, Cindy, we always like to kick off this conversation asking our guests to tell us a story of an arts or cultural experience that left a strong imprint on you. I have a very fresh one that I'm thinking about. I was recently an artist doing a little kind of like install interactive piece in the basement of Voyager Books during Bayview Gallery Night. And so what I would do is a secret exchange. So either you could come up to me and give me a drawing or like a letter or some like random wadded up receipt out of your purse. And I would tell you a secret or 
I would make you something and you would give me one of your secrets. So it was just this really, it was such an interesting group of people that I wasn't expecting, but my favorite was probably all of the people under the age of like 16 who came through. There was like a group of very giddy, like out on the town high schoolers and their secrets were more like gossip. And because I'm tied to not spilling any of them, but they were kind of things that were like, oh yeah, I'm like this person liked me, but also they said this about this guy. And then I saw on Snapchat that this person did that. And it was just like <laughs> such like a refreshing kind of intensity of drama that is so detached from like adulthood. Or there was a very young girl, I believe she was like maybe seven to 10 years old, but she had a secret that was just so pure and so funny to me and it's very rare that you get to be around younger people let alone have them confide in you something mm-hmm. so it just felt so so good and I even heard later that someone was coming in and they were like yeah I saw some girl run up to her mom and hand her this like folded up like paper hat I was like mommy mommy look what I got I told a secret she's like oh well what's your secret and she's like well I can't tell you I already told someone so <laughs> It was just so sweet and so fun, and it felt really interesting to be trusted so deeply by so many people, and I got such an array of items. Like, some of them would just, like, write, like, the number seven on a crumpled piece of paper, but some people gave me, like, handmade hair ties or, like, bags of, like, loose ginger tea or, like, (laughs) snacks or just, like, expired Walgreens receipts. Like, it was just such an interesting mix of objects I got from it. So that's probably one of my favorite things I've done recently. I have two questions, Cindy. (laughs) One, are you at liberty to anonymously share the secret that the seven-year-old shared with you? I feel like that would betray the trust Mm. that I built with this child whose name I do not know. That's right. But I will will say it is... um, I think it's something that we all did as kids. It was just one of those things where it's like, oh, I did this thing without telling my mom. And it was so small, she didn't even notice, but I did it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it has no long-term effects. There is no negative impact by me doing this thing. It was just a very pure confinement about like a little thing they did that they didn't tell anyone. (laughs) Picturing like eating berries from the garden or something without permission. It probably had the same intensity as like, I didn't brush my teeth last night or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like it was like that type, type of like intensity, but she was like, okay, you like seriously can't tell my mom. Like you can't tell. <laughs> and I was like, okay, no, for sure. I don't even know where, I, I genuinely don't know where your mom is. I'm a little concerned, <laughs> but like, I will not tell. <laughs> so where did the inspiration for this project come from? Tell us more about that. Yeah, so the other artist, um, the wife of the owner of Voyager Books is Anja Notanja, who is an artist I interned with when I was, I believe, a junior at Myad. And she has this kind of like performance interactive piece that is very similar, like definitely like the mother of my little like secret idea. But she would have the advice tent. So there would be multiple people inside and you would write a question, like something you need advice on. And each person would tell you what to do in like a very different way. For example, you could go up to someone and your inquiry would be, should I buy this house? And the person would be like, okay, cool. Um, Let's do this yoga pose together. And they just, there's no like vocal speaking unless like they can't give you spoken advice. So Mm. then you go to the next person and it would be like, should I buy this house? And then they would play the flute at you for like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. 
but when I was in the advice tent, I wanted to do um, advice from like a middle schooler. So I had my middle school playlist and a bunch of like loose leaf paper and crayons. <laughs> and so you would have to pick a song from my really cringy like 2000s playlist and we would share earbuds and until the song was done, I would not stop writing out or drawing out your advice. But the advice would be things like, you should probably ask your mom first or like, <laughs> I don't know how to drive or things like that. <laughs> Very practical. Yeah, I love that project. I actually had the chance a few years ago before the pandemic to volunteer as a assistant, I guess, at, during Bayview Bash for Anja's project. And it was just as you described, so fun. And yeah, there were musicians, there were people of all ages levying advice in various formats. It was awesome. Well, what sounds cool about that is that in the nonverbalness of it, it's maybe more about like sparking something that will give you the advice that's already within you. Like you already, you don't need someone, you know, proselytizing to you. You just need like a different kind of angle at it or something that sparks something different in you. That's so fascinating. <laughs> Cindy, it was really cool to sit in that basement of the bookstore and watch people come in and, you know, they're wandering the gallery night and they didn't really know what to expect. And so they kind of, they walk in sort of hesitantly and then to see them go up to your table and you're dressed like a fortune teller um, and have them, and have you explained to them what you were up to and how um, quickly and immediately people were willing to buy in. That was really cool. Did you expect that? Did you have any like fear that people wouldn't? What did you think before it happened? I was genuinely expecting doing maybe two people the entire night. Like I had a bunch of different things in my bag. I was like, oh, like people might like think it's odd or like in general, not want to tell a total stranger their legitimate secrets. So I was not expecting how readily people were very literally like opening their bags, like just like pulling anything out of their purse. Like, oh, I have like three Werther's caramels that have been in here for who knows how long. Can I have a secret? And it's like, yes, of course, obviously. There were some that I heard that afterwards they were like, I have literally not told anyone this. And I could like feel the genuine like weight of knowing mm -hmm. this like really mm -hmm. personal thing about this person. Like I would like literally sink into my chair deeper and deeper depending on like how intense it was. But yeah, oh. it was really interesting. It just was kind of refreshing to know that people still want to be vulnerable with others in that way like I didn't take anyone's names that night and I kind of like just really wanted to avoid doing so in general hmm. well you gave us a little hint about Cindy as a middle schooler and the fact that you have a playlist and I want to go back to that and I want you to tell us at least one cringy song from that playlist but yeah we would love to hear and the listeners would love to hear a little bit more about your trajectory your background your experience in Milwaukee what brought you here and what communities you you feel you're part of in Milwaukee? Yeah, so I actually went straight to college after high school, and I only applied to two schools. I applied to SAIC and MyAd because I was just so set on SAIC. Like MyAd was more of a formality. What is SAIC? Oh, it is the School of the Art Institute in Chicago. Mm. So I'm from Rockford, Illinois. So it's kind of like an equilateral triangle between like Chicago and Milwaukee. So I was just so set on it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to school in Chicago. It's like this big school. Like I'll be in so much debt, but I'll figure it out, blah, blah, blah. And then I went on the tour and I realized like, wow, Chicago is a very big city that I want no part of. <laughs> 
And so then I kind of just came to Maya because I was like, well, it was my only other option. But I'm honestly really grateful for it because Maya is a very small school. Like it is legitimately a singular building in the third ward. Hmm. And I was there for like all four years, graduated with a bachelor's in fine arts. But I graduated right when the pandemic started really like rolling in. So I didn't get a thesis show or anything which was a little bittersweet. But yeah, afterwards, I just kind of stayed in Milwaukee because I really just did not know how long things would last. Mm -hmm. I had so much faith in the fact that like, oh, everyone's afraid of this. Like we Mm -hmm. are not going to emerge until it's safe. So I was living above a dance club and I was like, oh, well, by the time that (laughs) like the dance club can open we can also go out because it will be safe and that is obviously not what happened so I Mm -hmm. kind of ended up in this very lone space it was so odd because it was just me and my roommate in Milwaukee we felt like very isolated because we were just so afraid of like getting sick but under us like every single weekend for like three nights a week would just be like super loud like reggaeton music and like people dancing and like (laughs) laughter and I was just like this feels it was just such a really genuinely odd experience and so that's kind of what led me to do public allies I just didn't know what anyone was doing anymore and we have all changed so much through the pandemic and like through our Mm. own personal isolation so it's like well I feel like I need to meet people again like for Mm -hmm. the first time after knowing them for years which was really odd but yeah, I ended up doing public allies because even before the pandemic, I felt very separate from Milwaukee itself. Most of the communities I belonged to were other like private art school kids or like people who were in like the White Wall Gallery, like circuit like VAR. And so my idea of Milwaukee was very small and I just really wanted to break out of that because it just felt really disingenuous that I could be cared for by a city for so long and not know anything actually about it. Mm. Wow. Hmm. Can I ask a, l- a little bit more on the words being cared for by a city? What does that what does that mean to you? Yeah, I just think about how it's really easy to meet people in this city. Mm. And obviously, I've only lived here in my hometown, so I don't know a gauge of other cities. But specifically with my school, it was a small school. Everyone was very willing to meet each other. But then even with pursuing art I literally met Anja maybe two times before she was like yeah no just be my art intern and she's always been so so open with everything I was even reaching out to her for some other stuff and she's like oh yeah you like typewriters I love typewriters I am featured in this book about typewriters if you need more information about repair go to this person if you want to do this thing go to this person like everyone is so open with their resources and Mm -hmm. I just really feel like I don't know. It's always been very easy and smooth to be here. Like, I didn't feel like I had to fight a lot of things, but also that might just be my entry point being like an art institute. Mm-hmm. Mm. But even outside of that, and um, I came out as trans when I was in college and even like all the queer people that I've met here are really kind and everyone kind of knows each other and like looks out for each other. And yeah, I do feel really, really cared for by the city, especially coming in when I was only 18 years old. And I'm like 24 <laughs> now. So that's really wild. Mm-hmm. What was the experience of being at being at Myad, being at a an art institute based in a city? And how did that impact 
your perspective of yourself as an artist? Like, do you feel like from the day you entered Myad to like all of the life experience, all of the like settling into Milwaukee that happened in between coming out on the other end, how had your perception of yourself as an artist changed? Oh my God, it changed so, so intensely. I actually went to Myad thinking I wanted to do animation Mm. and I talked to someone and I was like, do you guys have an animation program? And they were like, no, we have like no animation programs at all. Like you would really have to carve that out for yourself. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go to Maya then. And just like, I just kind of, mm. um, even my major being new studio practice, which is kind of like a fine art major. After I realized there wasn't really animation, I was like, oh, well, I feel like I would be an illustrator. I was always someone who drew. I was never like a very conceptual painter or sculptor or anything. But in a completely random like life drawing class, one of the faculty was like, I think you do really good in NSP. And I was like, hmm, okay. So I just went into NSP and I didn't really know what NSP stood for yet. So it was just a genuine like, okay, sure. Like, why not? (laughs) Um, Did you have trust in that instructor in particular? I had only known that instructor for less than a semester, but there was something, I think I was just so open to anything that I trusted in the fact that I didn't know what was best for me Mm. at that time, Mm. which is kind of why I was so open to so many things. Like I ended up doing a lot of, a wide range of things at my, just because it was like, well, whatever feels good, feels good for a reason. So why not like have fun with it? So a few years out here from graduation with the caveat that, you know, the world was torn apart (laughs) or shaken or turned upside down, all those, all those things uh, by the pandemic. How has your perspective of Milwaukee changed since you, you know, committed to making a home out of it? Yeah, it's definitely gotten so, so much bigger. I honestly felt very suffocated at times with the group of people that I knew because it just felt so small. And I just, for a while, I even thought, oh, these are just all the people I'm going to meet, which is obviously Mm -hmm. not true at all. But through just the nature of the public allies program where you just like are thrown together with a lot of people from very different walks of life. I've learned so much more about the resources and there's even just parks in Milwaukee that I just did not know about until after the pandemic. I think it's been legitimately different since before things started shutting down. Like it, everything's kind of like shedding and molting, but I think I feel a lot more personal ability in Milwaukee like before I just felt like oh Milwaukee is giving me all these resources but now I feel like I have the ability to assist people in like connecting Mm. resources and I can start to give back to that ecosystem instead of just benefiting Mm. from it I love that so taking that perspective do you have any advice to folks who you know maybe are in Milwaukee by attrition or, or because an opportunity hasn't come up for them and maybe they're, they're feeling a little unenthused or disconnected. Do you have any specific advice for, for those people? I think it's really about like getting out of what your comfort zones are. And it's pretty easy in the city. There are just so many events where like, if you show up, people are always happy to see you. This is a thing that people that I went to school with, we would always talk about where it's like, I hate the way that art gallery openings are seen as so elitist when in Mm -hmm. reality, you can just like show up wearing jeans. It is not Mm -hmm. what the world makes it out to be. Mm -hmm. Opening your eyes to acknowledging that there are so many events happening and then just giving yourself the, the push to just go to at least one or two like 
every month, like, and then just build up for certain things. It's like, oh, I see flyers for Milwaukee Underground Film or like all these like different fests. And I feel like now there's so many vendor sales in this city. Like there are just Mm -hmm. so many ways that you can meet people that it's literally just laying out plastered on bus stops. And all you have to do is walk your feet there. (laughs) So I think just having a little bit more bravery of entering spaces where you might not know anyone or know what the event is, because worst case scenario, it's just oh, well, that was kind of weird, but you can always just go home and then another day happens. (laughs) So now you've been at Imagine. That was your, that was your public allies assignment. We were really, really excited when public allies reached out to us and said, Hey, we've got, we've got Cindy signed up. What do you think? We saw, Oh my gosh, my grad, we talked to you and you, you just seemed like you would be a really good fit. So we were really happy to have you come on board. And broadly interested in your thoughts about what it's been like to be here and with this team and in this space. Yeah, I genuinely feel like I got super duper lucky to end up with Imagine. I remember very distinctly at the beginning of PA, everyone was freaking out about their placements, like this person isn't ready and like all this. And there was just a lot of a lot of things like info being handed off that was a bit clumsy. But with Imagine, it was always like, no, like, here's what's going on. Here's the clarity. Here's your info. Like here's your onboarding. It was very easy to come in. And especially for me when I was really, really anxious to come in, actually, I had never worked any sort of office setting. I had mostly just done like food service or like baristaing, but I felt like I wasn't Mm. truly someone who was going to fit in seamlessly. Like I thought there was going to be a lot more stumbling, but just in the way that you all work, it was really, really easy for me to not only adjust, but also understand that like, oh, I'm here because they also want me to contribute. I'm not here to Mm -hmm. sit in a dark room and work on Excel spreadsheets for like four hours straight. They actually want me here because they value my ideas and my input and my connections and like the very unique way that I see the city compared to how unique each one of you see the city. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't think there could have been like a better workplace for me to gain the confidence to understand like oh not only can I do this work but I can do this work well and I can contribute to something and my opinions and ideas are valued so I guess imagine is definitely another part of Milwaukee where I feel like oh yeah this city really makes it makes me feel like it's easy to care for me that it's very easy for someone like me to join the ecosystem and become a part of it that like benefits. Hmm. Thank you for that reflection. That's awesome, Cindy. And just to echo what Lindsay said, I mean, it's been such a treat to hear your perspective and yeah, laugh alongside you, learn alongside you. You're going to be very missed. I'm curious Mm -hmm. for two highlights. One be a a work highlight, like something Mm -hmm. that you worked on that you were really excited about. And then maybe one like team culture, social highlight. Something whimsical, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think a work highlight would definitely be Play Nice, which didn't end up rolling out. But I think that's another really valuable part of it. So Play Nice was this convening series that I was working on for a good amount of time that I was so excited for. And the idea behind it was that I see so much atomization 
within each art practice, but even more between them. I think about how, oh yeah, certain painters have this really weird dynamic with each other, but do these painters even know these like dancers exist? Do these dancers even know that these like sculptors exist? I think there's a lot of similar ground that like each practice works off of. Mm. As someone who really enjoys dipping into a bunch of different mediums, for example, I've realized people who do like pixel art for video games have a very similar work sphere as someone who might like crochet like grafkins, <laughs> which is such an interesting thing. There is like a very shared aspect of it that benefits the both of them that could be met on and like convened on. So I wanted to try and find that with artists because I was kind of for myself seeking out more connection with people because even now like I feel like I've barely scratched the surface of Milwaukee mm. so Play Nice was something I interviewed a ton of different artists for and that was also so wonderful because I was able to kind of get in connection with people again after I hadn't in so long and it was something that was actually mine and not only just mine but it was something that I got a lot of agency over and then towards the end, I realized I don't think I'll have time to do these in the way that I want to. So I talked to Lindsay, who is my supervisor, and I was like, I don't think I want this to go on in this form. And you were just like, yeah, no, that's fine. And for some reason, getting the agency to not only like work on this thing and build this thing up, but also put a pause on it felt really empowering. Like, oh, so this is not only mine but I get to like keep it like I get to like yeah. have mm -hmm. that much of a say on it which I've never really had before so mm. I learned a lot about kind of who I am and like what I work with through Play Nice and the agency of it was something I really needed to learn mm. for myself because I am mm -hmm. so like fresh in the world of like nonprofit and like organizational things like this. Mm. Well Play Nice is going to be something for the listeners to look forward to. <laughs> And then a whimsy thing. Oh man, there's been so many. I've had so many moments where I've done meetings around people and then I finish the meeting and they look at me and they're like, you guys just played a game. Your meeting was just playing a game for half an hour. And it was like, yeah. Or sometimes I'll be like, oh yeah, I have a meeting this time. I'm like, oh, that's going to be a drag. And it's like, not really. We're going to a seafood restaurant or like, oh, we're going to go fly kites. And <laughs> We do work. We do work. But once yeah, a week. Once a week, we do something fun and whimsical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that balance is rare, can be rare in workplaces. And so I'm kind of thrilled for you that this was your first like office job experience. And that that sort of balance of like work and wellness and fun is something that you will bring into mm -hmm. whatever spaces you're in, whatever, whatever that might mean or wherever that might take you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can pick a singular moment and I've been thinking about this for a while I don't know I guess if anything I had like a spiritual moment when we went to the South Shore beach for our whimsy one week and I was just <laughs> flying this kite and I had not flown a kite in a long time yeah there was like a thing I used to do when I was younger which um apparently is not a thing that people do with like kite fighting where you put <laughs> a little blade or something at the base of your kite and the aim is to cut the strings on other kites and these are all like very cheap kites and yeah. it's in a really big area where like no one's going to get hurt but I really love the phrasing of kind of when you're telling a kid to like oh like go like go like scram like oh go fly a kite so 
I've always had this draw towards kites, but I, that was the first time I'd like actually flown a kite hmm. well in a very long time. So I just had like a whole spiritual reset <laughs> with that one. Yeah, it's very odd to think that I would not have gone and flown a kite if not for my office job making us go outside. <laughs> Thank you week. to Mac. Thank yes. you to Mac. Yeah. Shout out to Mac. Um, yeah. I, when I look back on your time at Imagine, that is probably the first image that will come to mind is Cindy on the grass flying a kite. I think it was just me and the Batman kite for like oh, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So Cindy, of course, the future is untold as you approach your next steps as a creative. But if you were to stay in Milwaukee, reflect a little bit on what your dream future would look like. Mm. I think it's really easy to imagine a life here. It's just, especially with my experience of having been here for six years now, which is really, really wild to think of who I was when I first Mm. moved to Milwaukee and who I am now. But yeah, I think... There's just so many things going on in the city. There will always be something really thrilling to do. I have been very envious of the Bayview neighborhood for a long time. So I guess if we're world building my dream Milwaukee future, it would be a really gaudy kind of horrendous looking house in Bayview. <laughs> because, And I feel like I've told people this a few times. I, I've just been really wanting to retile a bathroom for some reason. <laughs> Because in order for me to retile a bathroom, that would mean I would own property and could do to that bathroom whatever I desired. And I just think about so many ways that artists kind of fill their homes and how badly mm-hmm. I want to fill mm-hmm. a home. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I could just daydream all day about like, oh, I could make these kind of ceramic tiles or like do like this stained glass thing or build this like really wonky like furniture shelving set or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, just... Having a nice little home in Bayview and all the shores that we have here. So I would like to think that I would definitely be doing some work in like art organization and also having an at-home studio for myself in the future. Or even the makerspace, which is another, the makerspace is another community I've recently started to enter myself into that I've known about, but was too afraid of for a while for some reason. And that group is also just, it's such a world over there. Like my best friend in the makerspace is this like 65 year old man who fosters secondhand shih tzus. And I would like to think that I would live in a close enough neighborhood that we would just go for walks together on the store and talk about home improvement. (laughs) You're speeding towards punk rock retirement in Bayview. (laughs) I think about it so often. I love this vision. I'm, I'm picturing Cindy's going to create this house that is like an artist refuge and an artist collective. And it's mm. going to be this like destination place, but it's also going to be the thing that people walk by and are like, wait a second, Ooh. what are the weird like colors and sounds coming out of that house? <laughs> <laughs> Could be magical. I like that vision for you. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I like the idea of neighborhood children making up lore about who lives in that house. Yes. Like I want like that type of house in a neighborhood. Witch, witch or warlock Cindy. That's the that's the vision. <laughs> in, <laughs> in like the po- most positive way possible. Yeah. I could see you Mary Noling it at a, a little shoreside bungalow. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh okay that's it. All right. Cindy is the next Mary Noel. That's it. That's the future. Yeah. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, as we wrap up our time with you, just on this podcast, not for forever, still with Imagine for another couple of weeks, which we're very glad for. But as you know, we always ask folks what they would do if they were the Milwaukee's leader of arts and culture for a few minutes. What big change would you make? What big policy would you enact? But you have to act fast. So what's it going to be? You're in charge. Okay. I would probably, I don't, I think my understanding of how a bill works is still like the schoolhouse rock jingle. Um, (laughs) But if I could in like 10 minutes get on the phone with someone who knows how to do that and could just like speed run it, it would probably be figuring out how to get more projects to groups that do not have nonprofit status. Cause I didn't realize how, mm. when I found out how much more access you get as a nonprofit, it made me realize what about the people who just don't have the resources to get there, but are doing essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like I would just be, I would be throwing money at people. Like it was like a t-shirt cannon. Like it would just be <laughs> like, like it, yeah there are just so many orgs like I think about like Butterfly Collective which is this group of Mm -hmm. people who like raise money for um trans people in the city and they can apply for like micro grants and it's like why have we not figured out a way to get them more money Mm -hmm. or yeah there are just a lot of groups that do a lot of really really good things in Milwaukee so I would want to make it as easy as possible for those people to receive resources Mm. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. More money to the things that matter more easily. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good, pretty good call to make to uh, the mayor, whoever you would call up in that moment. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That comes back to where we started in the beginning of this conversation, where you said you felt like the city of Milwaukee showed a lot of care for you in the form of creating spaces and, and resource connecting you with resources and communities that, that genuinely supported you. And I think that that's, yeah, that's something really special about this place. So we got to figure out a way to scale it up. (laughs) All right. Well, Cindy, as an artist, how can your perspective and current fans keep track of your adventures? How can they find you? Um, Currently, I just have an Instagram. It is at puppy, P-U-P-P-I-E dot party on Instagram. And Lindsay is actually going to be helping me do a website on Monday, I believe. So that will be updated very soon. But yeah, I feel you can kind of just get to me by the ways I overshare on the internet as a typical (laughs) early 20 year old. And yeah, I'm pretty open access. Like if anyone has any inquiries for anything, I am always very, very down just in the nature of how if something sounds fun, I'm always in on it. Side note, puppy party. Tell us the story of the name. (laughs) Is there a story? (laughs) <laughs> I think it's just I remember seeing you guys remember the puppy bowl that happened yes. on Animal Planet yeah yes I just loved the I I think there was some media where it was just like a bunch of really round clumsy little puppies having like a literal birthday party <laughs> like they had the little silly like cone hat strapped on but they just could not like they could barely move around because they were so fresh like they, they were like very <laughs> fresh puppies and something about it was just so hilarious to me. So I just really liked the puppy party aspect. Perfect. Well, thanks so much, Cindy, for being on the pod today. 
we'll see you again soon yeah, yeah. thank you for having me was a treat mm-hmm. so nice to have a chance to reflect as Cindy's time comes to a close and you know I don't think we even got to all the all the things that uh we love about having Cindy on the team so we could brag a little bit here gush 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 mm-hmm. time to gush hope you're still listening Cindy <laughs> <laughs> I have found Cindy to be uh very passionate about making connections for fellow artists. Anytime there's an opportunity that's a really tangible way to plug in to getting an artist's story featured, he is immediate in making those connections and reaching out to friends. And I think that sort of um, advocacy on behalf of your peers and friends is really admirable. Totally. I personally love the way he models leadership, even though Mm -hmm. this is his first you know, gig outside of college and the food service industry, he just has a natural confidence and ability to articulate that is very wise beyond his years. Mm-hmm. That's right. So often we'll have a check-in question in a team meeting where Cindy has quietly thought about the most uh, nuanced and <laughs> uh, thoughtful uh, and mature answer, uh, to that question yeah. <laughs> that of, of any of us, of you know, us, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just astounding food for thought so often. Yeah. Yeah. I also just love that. I remember, um, in my interview, Cindy was, was drawing while the interview was taking place. And I thought that was a really, that was, yeah, to me that demonstrated imagine is a place that, embraces and seeks out different kinds of knowledge and different kinds of, yeah, different kinds of processing and and values, different Mm. kinds of processing. And Mm -hmm. that, that was a, that was a green flag to me. (laughs) I also think Cindy just really like openly and generously joined the team and wanted to be part of the team, which I know can Mm. be kind of scary, right? You're entering into a system that already exists. There are already people here. (laughs) What is it going to look like to fit into that? And I think he was really willing to share of himself early on and um, so became a really important part of the team and um, built such good friendships, uh, especially Cindy and Antoine was always a pretty (laughs) um, adorable friendship within the team. Um, I think they, they both felt, or Cindy, I think in particular felt very seen by Antoine. And so to be able to see that play out was really amazing. Nice. So we want to end on a bit of whimsy. We, uh, thanks to our teammate, Rachel, the other days we got together to celebrate Cindy's birthday and David's work anniversary. We uh, passed around a poem where you would write two lines at a time and you could only see the two lines immediately before it. And it started with a prompt that loosely reminded <laughs> Rachel of Cindy. And we all knew that this was going to be a poem for Cindy. So I think we had that in mind a little bit, but it really took on a totally crazy nature. And I should say that 
as David's mentioned on the pod, if you've been a listener before, he's been taking sailing lessons. So that's a hot topic among the Imagine crew. Yes, that's so right. So we, there, me, there may be some metaphors, nautical. There may be some nautical references. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to kick it off, Lindsay? Yes. Here we okay. have a dramatic reading of an untitled poem for Cindy. Round and round as midnight rumbles, we find out how the cookie crumbles. Almond, soy, cashew, oat, in which milk will your cookie crumbles float. Do these alternatives have high levels of vitamin D? If not, cow milk has enough to make dementia flee. Another year older and wiser, still so many exciting things ahead. Don't worry excessively about degenerative disease. You can worry when you're dead. (laughs) Sailing along the coast, not into the sunset yet. Facing into the wind is a surefire bet. Brave the tacking and then the power of your heart and soul speeds you to next and best. Well, (laughs) happy birthday, Cindy. Thank you for being part of our team. And we look forward to celebrating you more in the next couple of weeks. You know who else we look forward to celebrating? Our listeners. Maybe we'll write a poem for you next. But in the meantime, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review, or contact us directly at pod at imaginemke.org. Imagine this podcast is hosted by David Lee, Lindsay Sheridan, and me, Elizabeth Gasparco. The show is produced and edited by me. Our theme music was written and produced by Bobby Drake. To catch all the latest from Imagine MKE, hit us up at Twitter and Instagram at Imagine underscore MKE or Facebook or LinkedIn, Imagine Space MKE. Thanks again, and we will catch you next Tuesday. Bye. Okay, let's try that again. <laughs> Dang it. Sorry. Can we start one more time? Yes. I'll be I'll, I'll be more uh, articulate. No problem. <clears throat>